Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Most of these runways are very short, and so there's no like floating down the runway before touching down. They slam that plane down right on the threshold, thrust reversers on, and still you're using up much of the runway. Well, and you'll see the fire trucks at every landing. Mm -hmm. Nothing's wrong with the plane. They just have to be out there because fire the brakes may catch on fire. Welcome back to Miles Away. Today we have two of our world travelers uh, in the office with us in New York City, the Genters. So we have JT Genter, who is our senior points and miles writer. Welcome to the podcast, JT. Thank you, Zach. And we have Katie Genter, who is our senior reporter. Welcome to Miles Away. Great to be here. So you guys can work from pretty much anywhere in the world as long as there's decent connectivity, right? Yes. And one of those places was along the way on the island hopper. That's right. I hope uh, Google Fi has come a long way since then because the connection was a little slow, but we did work from... Majuro. Yes. Yeah, you're leaving that to me because we're, we're a little unclear in some of the pronunciations of, of these <laughs> islands. But um, just for some context, the, the United Island Hopper has been connecting some of the, the islands in the South Pacific for quite some time. I feel like a few decades at this point. It was like 1967 that they started Continental Micronesia. Exactly. And so Continental Micronesia actually became part of the you know United family as part of the merger with Continental. Mm -hmm. And so United assumed this Island Hopper route. And thank God it stuck around. And it's really, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a lifeline for the islands there. It, it is. It, it was fascinating to see how they use this only airline that connects them with the rest of the world to deliver all sorts of goods, fresh foods, mail, their families to and from the islands. It was really fascinating to see. Are there ferries that go between these islands as well, or is it really limited just to the United flights? There are some cargo ships, but obviously it's a bit hard to get on those as a passenger. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a distance between the islands too. It's Definitely. I mean, most of the flights are at least an hour. Walk me through the itinerary. How does the island hopper break down? Well, so it depends which direction you want to go. We went sort of the opposite way that a lot of people do, but uh, let's start in Hawaii. So you start in, in Honolulu, and from there you fly. It's a multi-hour flight, sometimes overnight, to Manjaro. From there, you fly to Kwajalein, which is an army airfield in the middle of the ocean. And you can't actually get off the plane there. I think in, in Majuro, you can, and you, you can, can stay, and, you can act, and people do. I think they have good scuba that's, diving. Is that right? They do, yeah. That's okay. what a lot of people were there for. When, when we, <laughs> we kind of felt bad that we didn't have a scuba certification. So you went from Majuro to Kwajalein. Kwajalein, and that's an army airfield. And yes, yeah, so only people with active orders to go to or from this army airfield are able to get off the plane. Even if you're continuing on any of the other stops, you can at least get off, walk around. It's not that long of a hop between these flights, but it's sometimes kind of nice to walk around on an island in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah, but so you really, you stay on the plane. You can't even get off the aircraft. Non, and okay. Yeah, they actually ask you to lower your shades and you can't take photos out, anything like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Did you sneak a photo or two? Or? Uh, not on the ground. <laughs> okay. I, I uh, was, by a letter of the law, I may have taken some photos on final approach, but... Uh, 
hopefully the statute of limitation is passed <laughs> on that. Well, that airfield actually has a golf course oh, on yeah. it for the military base. Oh, interesting. Like, right next to the runway. It's, okay. it's fascinating. Like an air and tee shot probably ends up on the runway. Mm. And then so from Kwajalein it goes on to? Kosarai. Uh, so it's just a one-hour flight. Kosarai and then on to Pompeii and then another hour to Chuuk. And then from there, you fly to Guam. And does it make all these stops every day? Is it a daily flight, or kind of how does that break down? Yeah, so it runs three times a week, but once a week, it doesn't stop at Kosre. So some people are disappointed, thinking that they've booked the full island hopper, and then it doesn't stop at all the islands. Okay, so walk me through how you did the island hopper. And I know you said you did it a little bit differently than how someone might, but you guys actually did a round trip on the island hopper? Yeah, so we approached it a little bit differently. We started actually in Nagoya, Japan. From there, we took a flight down to Guam for a few days. And then from Guam, we went all the stops to Majuro. We stopped there for about four or five days. I'm trying to remember exactly how We did a City Prestige Fortnite Free. Oh, yes, that's right. And then we turned it around. We went right back to Guam. And then from there, we continued on on that same United Award into... Saipan. Saipan. Yeah. Very cool. What was Majuro like? I mean, four, yeah. five days, is that's a decent amount of time to spend there. It was. We got to really know that atoll. There's countless atolls, which are the islands that are kind of volcanic rings, mm-hmm. right? Majuro is a very interesting part of the Marshall Islands. It's the capital of the Marshall Islands. It has about 27K people that live there, but there's not many international visitors each year. It's one of the least visited countries. It's pretty remote, as we know. It's very remote. I mean, the only way you're going to get there is on the United Hopper or by a cargo ship. But it actually has an interesting history, especially for U.S. visitors, because we did, we as the U.S., did a lot of our nuclear testing in the Marshall Islands atolls. So there's definitely some history there, and you'll still see, like, the nuclear court pretty close to the hotel we stayed at. The history is still very raw there. and I mean, right across the street from the the main hotel, which is where we stayed, was, yeah, the Atomic Core, and that's where they award people are still dealing with fallout, uh, damage from the fallout. People can't work. They live off of the government through this. There's whole communities that are pulled off of atolls because we were testing bombs there. And then there are some explosions that were much larger than expected. And fallout was a huge issue. Did you get to talk to any of the locals about it? We went to a museum, actually, Mm -hmm. that had a few locals working in it that had personally been affected by it. Yeah. So that was very somber, but really powerful, too. The Marshall Islands actually one of the interesting things. So Montreux is uh, the capital of the Marshall Islands. It actually gets its funding from the U.S. It seceded from the U.S., was able to become its own independent country, not fully autonomous. We still provide them defense. We as the U.S. still provide them defense. And, but that's expiring and funding. soon. And that's expiring in 2023. So it could be very interesting after that. Yeah. So you said you, you stayed at the main hotel, you used the city fortnight free perk. And so typically we spend the second segment digging into points and miles options. There aren't mm-hmm. very many uh, when it comes to these islands. So let's, let's just talk about the hotel right now. And so yeah. uh, which, which hotel did you stay at? So there's no branded hotels on the island. So you can't use your Hyatt Hilton, any of those points. We stayed at the Hotel Robert Reimers. It's the main hotel. It's the place for international tourists to stay on the island. It has hotel rooms as well as some semi-overwater villas, like they're half on land and half over water. We stayed in the hotel. It's very basic. It's not what you would consider luxury or new or it was clean. The Wi-Fi, JT (laughs) tried to work a lot while we were there, and the Wi-Fi was 
maddening. Right, okay. Yeah, so how they have internet connection, this is an island in the middle of the Pacific. How they have connection is through satellites. Right. So they, they have satellite receiver. We had, actually got to see it. And right next to it is the cell tower. And from that, I think we're getting not, not even 3G. I forget what, what the connection was, but that's what powers the internet-wise, powers the island. Right, yeah. You know, the majority of the world gets their internet through fiber optic lines that undersea cables. Right. And when you have these very remote communities like this, the only connectivity they have is through satellite. Exactly. And so over time, that may get better. Uh, I know Viasat, you know, which powers a lot of the aircraft now, they were launching Viasat 3, I think in, in 2022. Okay. Uh, and that's going to cover much of the world. So if Maduro gets on board with Viasat 3, you know, they, they'll potentially be able to offer decent connectivity. But right. if you're planning to work in the meantime, it sounds like maybe <laughs> not the destination for you. Not the destination. And, and the time difference is rough. It's a lot of offline writing. Other, other you, work. Yeah. You really don't want to be working there, though. You want to be out on the streets, meeting people in the communities, exploring the supermarkets which are fascinating on a remote island like that and what so what's what's the weather like i mean is this a trip that you want to make you know only in the summer or you know does seasonality not really factor in it, it was pretty warm when we were there we didn't have too much rain while we we're there but because it's pretty close to equator i'm guessing it's pretty similar throughout different seasons which makes it great for diving and, and all that. I don't think they have a rainy season. Did it remind you of any other islands that you've been on in the world? I mean, what? Hawaii, <laughs> from the standpoint of there's a lot of just staples. Spam is very popular. There, oh, I see. You might okay. imagine. And stuff that's very easy to transport via these cargo ships. Right. I mean, is it walkable? Are you, you know, just kind of walking around from the hotel? Do you get a rental car? Yeah. You know, how, did you, how did you get around when you were there? So you can get rental cars at the airport. They're rather expensive and generally not necessary. We generally walked everywhere. There are a decent number of wild dogs, which can be concerning. Then there's not many sidewalks. But most of the people that live there are walking down the streets. So people are used to seeing pedestrians on the side of the road. The directions are really easy there, uh, especially in Manjaro. It is just one main road that circulates the island. And from one coast to the other coast, I mean, we're talking the island might be... 100 feet, 200 feet wide at parts. Oh, wow. And it's not a full circle even because as the ocean rises, parts of the atoll are underwater. Wow. So it's really kind of a half circle yeah. um, road that starts past the airport. There's a beach that's popular. Then you have the road goes to the airport and then you have the road continue around to where our hotel was. And because it, it, there's just this one road, the taxi drivers will drive up and down you can just flag them, and even if there's people in there, you hop on. It's almost like a, a little bus or Uber pool or whatever. Right, right. You pay just a dollar per person to go pretty much as far as you want to within the city. If Between you go, the airport and yeah. the city. Yeah. So what did, what did you do You know, besides trying to work? <laughs> the local food was fascinating. Um, I had two restaurants that I actually wrote down because they were delicious. One was a nameless restaurant. It didn't have a name. Just they, a restaurant over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. But it was by a Rewit Corner gas station. And it was delicious. So if you Amazing. go, we yeah. highly recommend finding it. What was the food like there? Fish. A lot of fish, <laughs> delicious tuna, some of the best I've mm. had. Also just a lot of coconut based and things that you can grow on the island. They had a lot yeah. of root vegetables. And Lots of root vegetables. Really fascinating foods that I don't think we've had since. No. Uh, I hadn't even heard of. Sort of like what's special today because it's what they just caught that day or, or the day before. 
off the reef right on the island. Wow. So did you have multiple meals there? <laughs> we did. We went back. I think we had three meals there. Three or four, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then what was the other restaurant? The other restaurant was Dar Coffee Corner. It was closer to the hotel, Robert Reimers. And of course, they had delicious breakfast, but they were also open for lunch, but they closed for dinner. And we wouldn't really recommend the food at the hotel. It was not very inspired. <laughs> <laughs> very diplomatic. <laughs> What's the currency there? You know, they use U.S. dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And what's fascinating is they're still, as part of this transition period, they still use U.S. mail. So you can send a letter from there using a normal U.S. Uh, everyday stamp. Whatever. Yeah. I think it's called the <laughs> forever, forever stamp. Thank you. Yes. You took one out of your wallet and put it on a postcard. And right. And sent it over. And it probably actually was on our our plane. Yeah. It went on the island hopper. <laughs> Is it expensive? You know, do you need to budget quite a bit for food and hotel and activities in Montreal? It was expensive for us at that point because we had just taken off on our trip. If I remember correctly, after the fourth night free, we paid about 120 or 30 per night for a hotel. For a very basic hotel, you have to remember this is not luxury at all. It did have AC. It did um, have AC. It was, I think, maybe the only option on the on the hot water in the shower. Yes, yeah. hot water. It was, it was fine. It was just basic. Very basic. Um, meals, yeah. if I remember correctly, our tuna that we loved at our favorite restaurant was mm-hmm. about fourteen dollars. Yeah, something like that. So you know, less than twenty dollars for a meal with a drink, which isn't bad. Again, you're and in the middle a of bargain the for a yeah. New Yorker. Yeah, <laughs> true. So after Monroe, you got back on the island hopper to continue your journey. But I want to talk a little bit about the experience on board. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, get a window seat if you can, right? Absolutely. Did you both have window seats? We did. And one of the fun things we did was we did different window seats for each leg, which we weren't sure if that was just going to really mess with the flight attendants when we kept switching seats. But you can literally select a different seat for each one of the legs. And so one of the things I really wanted to figure out was what is the best seat for photos, for all that. And so we literally tried eight different seats between the two of us. Wow. So yeah. which was your favorite? I liked in the back, like uh, in the last few rows, because you can get a little bit of the wingtip uh, in your photos, but you can still get the very clear view. Do you get a little bit of the exhaust from the engines kind of clouding up the photos, or is it not that big of a deal? I don't remember that being an issue. Yeah, I know I've had issue. that in others. The cool av geek part of taking a different seat for each flight is that you get a boarding pass for each, for each flight. flight. Oh, yeah. okay. So instead of just having one for the entire route, you get one for each leg. That's right. So do you have a poster of all your boarding passes from the Island Hopper in your storage unit, I guess? Well, well, that's one thing that we collect from all around the world as we travel. The only thing that we collect is boarding passes, the physical boarding passes. So yeah, I'm sure we've got that. So one other very unique thing, there's two about the flight, at least that I can remember. One is that there's a mechanic on board, right? That flies with the aircraft. He sits in 7C. So if you want to interact with the Maintenance guy, feel free to take 7B or 7A, <laughs> ideally, so you can sit in the window. He does a walk around each time. So this is a standard issue 737-800 that they And they, they were that flying in the U.S., right? I mean, I know that recently they had upgraded the interiors and they took aircraft that were flying within the U.S. and brought them out to operate the island. Hopper. Yeah, so they, they do have a few modifications that they do for this because it's a very, very tough. I mean, most of these runways are very short. And so there's no, like, floating down the runway before touching down, they slam that plane down right on the threshold, thrust reversers on, and still you're using up much of the runway. Well, and you'll see the fire trucks at every landing. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong with the plane. They just have to be out there because oh, the brakes kind of catch fire. The brakes sometimes. may catch on fire. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay. The mechanic, does they have to swap the brakes sometimes after some... 
rough landing. I imagine they do. I I know that they travel with supplies so they can do that on the fly. You guys spent quite a bit of time on board. I mean, this is a long time to be on a 737. It sure is. We didn't do the Majuro to Honolulu, which is the longest segment. Is it six of it. hours or something? It's like something that? like that, yeah. But it is a very long time. And one of the unique parts about the island hopper is that the flight attendants and the pilots, which actually, so there's four pilots on board, they have a reserve crew. The flight attendants work the entire way. It is actually a 17-hour duty day. Oh, my. Which I can't imagine uh, working that, that long, especially with all those ups and downs. On a 737, too. On a 737, yeah. Oh. With most people getting on and off each stop. The flight attendants that we talked to were absolutely passionate about it. They wouldn't switch to any other. I mean, a lot of them have 20, 30 years of seniority, and they absolutely love this route. And they're based in Guam, right? They are based in Guam, yeah. So United actually has a a pretty large base in Guam. They operate flights um, throughout Asia as well. I know that they have a, a flight to Manila. I think the United serves a handful of destinations in Japan from Guam as well. There's at least one nonstop triple seven flight a day between Guam and Honolulu. That's one of the ways of getting back, unless you want to route through Japan on your way back. Got it. So you you do have to be very careful when you're booking. I do want to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about how to use your points and miles to book the island hopper. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. We're back talking about United's Island Hopper. And so you can actually use your United Miles to book the flight. And you did, is that right? Sure did, yeah. So it was back before the United program changed up a little bit. But we did use our our United Miles to fly out there and back. But uh, one great way of using your miles now is through the excursionist book. And so how does that work, the excursionist? And this is definitely an excursion, I would say. It's the truest form of uh, the term. The excursionist perk lets you fly between intra-region. So the classic example is flying from New York to Paris, stopping there, then flying Paris to London. And that part's free, and then flying back from London to New York. It costs the same as if you were just flying to Paris and back. Well, the great part about using that for this is you can now, instead of having just one destination, you can have two destinations. So I was just pricing out right before we started recording you can fly from New York, one stop through Honolulu, out to Manjaro, and then stop in Manjaro for as long as you want. Continue on from Manjaro to Guam, Chuuk, Pompeii, any of the other ones. And then you can either fly back on Island Hopper through Honolulu or continue on through Guam to Japan and back. You can really make an excursion out of it. Yeah, okay. So you can actually book an entire itinerary from even the east coast of the U.S. to, mm-hmm. you know, that includes the island hopper for a, a somewhat reasonable number of miles. Yeah, so it, it prices out with the stopovers with 70,000 United miles round trip and just under $50 in taxes and fees. And that's, that's economy, very, very much economy. That's very much economy, <laughs> yeah. So one of the weird parts about it is business class award availability on the island hopper is extremely hard to find. So that's going to be your pinch point. You might be able to find business class 
from the flights from the East Coast out to the Island Hopper, but on the Island Hopper, you'll probably be flying in an economy. I've been watching it for years, and I, I don't think I've, I've ever seen Saver Awards pop up. I mean, it's a pretty small cabin. There's a lot of, you know, I think some, some business travel between the islands. Right. And what you need is availability for the entire length of the Island Hopper. So you, could, right. you can break it down segment by segment sometimes, but it gets really complicated, and it's not, you know, easy to do online. Right. Did you Should upgrade I? to Economy Plus, or are you just you know going for the regular seats? So you can actually upgrade just for a leg or two, since you're allowed to pick different seats for each leg. So I believe we did try Economy Plus for one leg, just for the fun of it. It's important to note, though, in order to do that, they do have to break it down segment by segment when booking, right? Or you can actually call in afterwards and have the, an agent break the segments out? I think it was when we were checking in that we were given this chance to choose seats, and we chose one of the Economy Plus Got and it. Okay. paid for it. And the other reason to break it out segment by segment, maybe it, you know, it works when you're checking in, but you'll earn miles for the individual segments if you do it that way. And oh, so right. some of these flights are pretty short. And they're less than 500 miles, and so that that minimum kicks in. And if you're trying to qualify for elite status and you've you've purchased the <laughs> ticket, you definitely want to have it segment by segment. Sounds like you're talking from experience there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get to do the island hopper, but uh, if I someday do, what am I going to find on board? You know, what what's the experience like, and how did you pass the time that you weren't you know looking out the windows? I spent almost all of my time looking out the window. <laughs> um, but you'll also meet fascinating people. Everyone on the plane has a story about why they're there. Some are traveling to see family. Others are av geeks just like us that are geeking out about being finally on board. Who do you encounter there? Is it someone, you know, anyone that you've kept in touch with? Kind of follow along on, on Instagram? And... I guess I did pick up a few people to follow. And of course, if they're on that type of trip, they're posting really amazing things still. Yeah, what's interesting is how few of us actually go all the way through. I think we're one of only a few that were going all the way from Guam to Manjaro. A lot of people are picking up in Chuk and then going to Pompeii. There's a lot of just one or two segment flights. And then there's uh, the people who are on orders from Guam all the way to Kwajalein. But that's pretty much the longest that most people are doing besides the tried and true app geeks like us. One of the more interesting people I talked to was actually an army recruiter that was going to visit recruits that were getting ready to sign on. And he had some fascinating stories. Oh, wow. Where was he based? He was based in Guam. Yeah, we actually, didn't we share a taxi with him from the airport? That's right. This is not the sensible way to get between Honolulu and Guam, I guess. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. No, there is a, I think, daily uh, nonstop, and it's probably going to be a lot more comfortable of a, of a product. And maybe seven or eight hours instead of uh, 17. Right. <laughs> and maybe you don't have to watch the same video loop over and over every time the boarding door closes. <laughs> that, that's one of the downsides about the DirecTV one is they, they'd reset the entertainment every oh. single time and so you, you would see the exact same thing over and over and over on the tv screens of course you had different options but you wouldn't be able to finish a movie or pick up where you left off i always thought it was funny when united moved the aircraft from the mainline u.s out mm -hmm. to micronesia they took aircraft with direct tv and wi-fi that only works in north america and so you have this functionality that just it doesn't it doesn't work there's no right. way for it to connect to the internet so you are offline you know, United Wi-Fi might even pop up, but you're, you're not getting a connection, that's for sure. No. And then certainly no DirecTV. Right. Well, it's all the recorded shows. Right. It's not, nothing live. Okay. So what movie did you watch again and again and again? I think it was Gardens of the Galaxy. 
again and again and again. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That gives us an idea of when of when you were actually flying. <laughs> right. August of 2017, I think it was. And I guess the other entertainment is you can get off at most of the stops besides the military base. So you can go into the building, get local food from the stands. You can go get your passport stamped. Oh, so that's pretty cool. Okay. That's always entertaining every yeah. time. We felt super self-conscious about getting off and standing in line at the passport to, but not going through. And we were the only ones that were doing it. And we were telling the flight attendants, hey, we're going to go get a stamp. And the passport agents didn't care at all. They, they were used to it. The people who were just coming to get the stamp. And so, yeah, we've each got a whole page of our passports that's dedicated to uh, stamps from the United Island Hopper. I want to see that right after we're done. Absolutely. <laughs> How can people follow along on your adventures? Yeah, so I'm at JT Genter everywhere. Pretty unique name. That's J-T-G-E-N-T-E-R. It's on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Katie.Genter on Instagram and Twitter. Very cool. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Safe Zach. travels. Thanks. Again, I am your host, Zach Honig. This episode was produced by Margaret Kelly and Caroline Shagrin. Our music is by Alex Schiff. If you've been enjoying Miles Away so far, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. 